Looking to expand your playlist? Well, Fat Lulz Radio has got you covered. Your nerd culture get dissected on the Fickle Fanboy with RPM. Get your fill of uncensored talk radio with the Robin Slim Show. Hear funny and interesting interviews on Unseriously Serious. Get the best life advice from Jerry and Cal on From the Bottom. Delve into the dark side of the internet with What the Fuck with Dan and Jess. Go across the pond for some British humor with the Ped and Meller Show. And if you're looking to get involved, air your grievances with all things nerdy on the League of Infuriated Nerds. All these shows and more await you at Fat Lulz Radio. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and you can find our shows on all different types of podcasts apps as well as iTunes. Be sure to check us out. Fat Lowell's Radio. Stuff full of entertainment. You're listening to The Fickle Fanboy. Brought to you by Fat Lowell's Radio. Everybody, and welcome to the Fickle Fanboy. I am your host, RPM, and I'm in a damn good mood, because <laughs> we have finally entered upon my favorite time of year, that good old stretch that basically starts with Halloween and goes right on through Thanksgiving, Christmas, and pretty much ends on New Year's Day. You know, that stretch of a few months where fate basically gives you every reason that you could possibly ask for to gorge on... Everything that's bad for you. Food, drink, (laughs) and when I say drink, that's just code for alcohol. But of course, that then just kind of transitions into a few months where you have to behave, at least a little bit, and let your liver recuperate right up until St. Patty's Day. But before we can even get to that, Halloween, the magical night of the year, society 
tells you that it's okay to go door to door begging for candy while dressed up in outlandish and just plain strange costumes. And don't, don't let anybody ever tell you that you're too old to go trick-or-treating. Okay, because y- you can go trick-or-treating anytime at any age as long as it's Halloween. And the worst that can happen is you get a few strange looks and some doors slammed in your face. But if you're lucky, you'll still get out of the night with a few candied apples, probably past their prime, a Reese's peanut butter cup, a handful of Tootsie Rolls, and more than likely, if you're lucky, maybe someone might throw you a can of beer. But I I, I can't make any promises on that, okay? But another thing that this time of year is absolutely ripe with is movie marathons. And I mean everything from slasher movies to holiday movies. And frankly, either way, I just can't get enough of them. And because of that, I figured that we'd go ahead and start our countdown through this glorious time of year the only way that I could possibly kick it off. Because today, we're going to take a look back at one of my favorite horror movies. A A scary movie that is anything but scary. 1993's Army of Darkness through the eyes of a fanboy. Because this movie, co-written and directed by Sam Raimi, and co-produced by Bruce Campbell, is the third installment of the original Evil Dead franchise. Not, Not that thing that came out just a few years ago. Although I am kind of interested to see where that's going. But this movie continues, and for a long time, we thought it ended the story of Ash Williams, who, (laughs) until I revisited the son of a bitch, I didn't even know his last name. I just always called him Ash. But it follows him as he is trapped in the Middle Ages immediately after the events of Evil Dead 2 as he continues his battle against the undead and tries throughout the whole damn thing to return to the present. Because apparently... 
his job at Smart is just that damned important. Bullshit. But the movie itself was produced as part of a production deal with Universal after the financial success of Liam Neeson's Dark Man, which is another great one that we'll get back to. Because that was Raimi's first studio film, and it's a classic. But for now... Let's head down into that cellar and carve ourselves a witch. Because this third installment of the franchise saw its release in February of 93. As we see Ash being dragged around with his feet shackled and his arms bound through the desert with what seems to be at least a dozen, maybe a dozen and a half others. As an inner monologue, a narration, if you will, begins in his voice as he recounts in all of a minute and a half everything that brought us to that moment from from working at some pain-in-the-ass, half-assed supermarket to Bridget Fonda to finding the evil Necronomicon to being sucked in by a portal in the middle of the woods, to landing in the Middle Ages, right alongside his 73 Oldsmobile, which was really just Sam Raimi's car. But as soon as he opens his eyes, and before he can figure out what new strange land he's in, and why it looks so much like Southern California. He's promptly captured and enslaved by what ends up being the forces of Lord Arthur, or you may know him better as King Arthur right alongside someone who looks an awful lot like Merlin, but is probably just Ian Abercrombie, who is really just referred to as Wise Man for no reason whatsoever. But those guys that he's now chained to are Henry the Red's guys. And Henry himself, as they all get paraded into town, and the locals greet them with a shower of spit and rotten apples and spoiled food. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there was some horse shit at some point. <laughs> I, I really didn't keep track. But this is also where Ash gets to meet Sheila, 
for the first time. And let me tell you, this alabaster ass is a piece of work. So, yeah. But they get carted into town square. And as far as what town, I've got no fucking clue. And really don't care. But they get unchained at that point, And Ash begins to get nervous. Right about the time that they start executing Henry's men. With one getting an arrow in the back. And the other getting tossed into some pit. With some sort of unspeakable evil. And as far as what happens to him, we've got no idea. All we know is that it ends in a geyser of blood spurting out from the pit. Which is no good for Ash. Because thanks to a high fast one right to the back of the skull with a rock from Sheila. Ash is next, because it's, it's no time before he goes ass over tea kettle right into the pit. And at that point, we finally see this so-called evil that lives down there, as Ash goes one-on-one -on -one with something that looks a lot like Maureen O'Hara's wet, rotting corpse, who he, he then impales, only to have to follow it up with the Toxic Avenger's ugly cousin. But no worries, because Ash, uh, of course, gets out. Otherwise, this would be, well, <laughs> there'd be no use to the movie because it'd be so damn short. But he gets out of there with the assist from the wise man who's absolutely positive that he's some kind of chosen one who's meant to help them fight the deadites. But yeah, he gets out to safety at which point he cheap shots Arthur and begins to have a nervous breakdown challenging all the locals. And then, when he doesn't get any takers, he decides that it's about time to go ahead and let Henry the Red's men go. So he frees them, which makes no sense to me, considering when he was trying to get Henry to tell them that he wasn't part of their group, all Henry did is look at him and say, I do not think they'll listen, lad. So why he feels like he needs to help them out is beyond me. But Henry gets on his horse, thanks his generous hosts, and rides off into the sunset, which really pisses Arthur off. And as he draws his sword, Ash 
simply just takes out his sawed-off shotgun and blasts that blade in two, which I'm sure that he's really wishing that he had that sawed-off when he was down in the pit. But he cuts a promo for Smart, as if any of these medieval motherfuckers really give two shits. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. And then, after some showboating, he he makes the request that they start to figure out how the fuck he gets home. Which, if you ask me, isn't asking much, considering the day he's had. But he finds out shortly after Sheila tries to make amends that the only way he's getting home is with the help of an ancient book that the wise men of the village also need. And about the time that he's ready to tell them to go fuck themselves, suddenly one of those deadites shows up. But after taking her out, and after a cute little medieval montage of them helping him to create his own little makeshift Dark Ages artificial hand, he decides that since he's in town anyway, why the fuck not? Yeah, he decides what the hell. He'll go ahead and help them get the Necronomicon, which is just great, because if you remember Evil Dead, the original, the, the Necronomicon is what started all this shit for Ash anyway. So isn't that just damned convenient? But before he goes off and does anything, he and Sheila finally make up and then make out as Ash decides to have pity on her and throws her a bone simply because he wants to bone her. Which he does. Hail to the king, baby. But after that, yeah, he finally gets his ass on a horse and rides off to the Necronomicon and is instructed that once there, he's to say these words before picking up the book. Because it's imperative that he says Klaatu Rata <coughs> I'm sorry. As I say, Klaatu Rata you know what? You get the point. So, he needs to say these words before picking up the book. And unfortunately for him, he has just as tough a time saying them as I do. And because of that, the earth opens up and skeletons of all sorts rise up from their grave in the most glorious 
Three Stooges slapstick comedy that I have ever seen in any horror flick. And just because it's the only time I've ever seen such slapstick comedy in any horror flick doesn't diminish that, okay? But I'm getting ahead of myself. Because before we even get to the book, in a throwback to one of the earlier movies, Ash is chased by some sort of evil through a wooded area. And we don't see the evil, but we know it's there. But then, he, he takes shelter, in a shelter, and rests there for the night. During which, this evil, which has now consumed him, has now manifested into little ashes, thanks to some shattered glass, or... I, I really don't know, I, I don't get it either. But I know I love it. But when when these little ashes jump out of the mirror and into life, hey, dumbass! and they tie Big Ash to the ground. Oh, you bastards! Why are you torturing me like this? And it's then that they take the opportunity to jump into Big Ash's mouth. And since he can't stop that now, he, he tries to stop them from doing any more harm from within him. As he takes a boiling pot of hot water and downs it like a, a frat boy at a kegger. Uh, unfortunately for him though, that, that really doesn't stop them so much as help them. Because these little ashes were so, sort of like, y y you know what they were? They were an ash chia pet. Uh, or, or plant of some sort. Because the moment that that water is down there, in his belly, these little ashes congeal and form within him to create a, a big ash a, and that grows into ash ha having two heads a, and then two bodies and they somehow rip from each other without ripping any limbs from each other because why does a movie like this have to make sense but then, Good Ash decides that it's time to stop all the foolishness. And he blows the brains right out of the back of Bad Ash's head. And buries him right in the cold, dark ground. And heads off to the Necronomicon. Groovy. But once we're done with that... He heads with the book back to the village and promptly lets the wise men know that, yeah, he, he said the words, 
He may not have said every single syllable, but basically, he said them. To which they tell him that because he didn't say every single syllable, he has promptly fucked them all. Because the moment that he didn't say every damned syllable, he awoke the evils within the land. Pure evil, in fact. And with it, he, he awoke the dead. But before he can really contemplate any of this, a flying demon of some sort that looks like they may have taken about 20 bucks out of the budget to make out of some Halloween costume. Well, the demon swoops in and grabs Sheila and carries her away. And before anyone can give chase to go after her, we find out that Bad Ash who just got his IQ splattered all over the ground. Well, he, because they just awoke the dead, yeah, he, he, he is alive. Ugly as all sin, but he's alive. And he's looking for revenge. And luckily, he's got an army of the undead to back him up and help him until he finds it. Groovy. Well, them and Sheila, who he's promptly turned, oh, I don't know about uh, undead, but at least evil, with just a little kiss. Groovy. And with that... Because they're about two days' ride from the village, they gotta hurry their bony asses up and get to going. Cause Ash gets the remaining 60 men, which later it'll seem like a whole lot more. But yeah, everyone else is scared shitless and they've fled the damned town. But because the only thing that this town had was Jack and shit, well, <laughs> now that Jack left town, at least shit has a fighting chance. And because they do, they have to train. Because no fight is a bigger fight than a fight against those who can't die. So, because of that, it's time for one more montage as we start to get to the action. Because in no time, the army of the undead is at the castle gates and they're laying siege. Groovy. That, that, that's really starting to get annoying. Okay, but yeah, they lay siege because they want that fucking book. And really, I can't blame them. I mean, I do, but I really shouldn't. 
but what a glorious battle it is. I, I mean, there you have uh, an army that's not even skin and bones. Just, just bones. Complete with skeleton bagpipe players. And right at the start of everything, Ash and his buddies call for the archers. And the bows start to stretch, and the arrows start to fly, and at that point, Ash and his new friends start to celebrate. Which, I gotta tell you, is pretty premature. Because Bad Ash's army just keeps coming. Even after a catapult or two, fires what looks to be a flaming bag of poo, but is really just a giant explosive. And you see some actors who are clearly actors, but in what looks to be the costumes for the skeleton motorcyclists in Batman Returns. Groovy. You're not even in this. But they go flying, and Bad Ash and his melty face start to get a little pissed, and he calls for a full-on charge, at which time they take that fucking castle. Groovy, 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 groovy. All right, that's it. <sighs> that feels better. But yeah, they take the castle. At least kind of. Because, yeah, a few of them start to try and climb the gates. But before you know it, Ash Williams saw this coming. Because a few of them are, are only about halfway up before they call for something as simple as boulders. And those big-ass rocks... Take those on the ladder right out. But at least the army of the undead is able to penetrate the gate. And they just go full bore right in. And they look to have a damn good chance at winning this thing. Right up until Ash foils them again and hops in his car, which now is more of a killing machine, because he's pimped his ride and outfitted that motherfucker with a new engine and some sweet-ass windmill kind of action going for it that takes out his foes by at least two or three at a time. 
And you add that with the fact that we've already established that he's a damned good shot with that shotgun. And, yeah, he, he's taken him out left and right. Right up until evil Sheila fucks his whole world right up. Because the moment that he sees her, he, he, he gets distracted enough to the point where he's got a bail on his sweet new ride. And at that point, evil Sheila looks to settle the score. Because all she can think about is when he told her to blow. And right now, she wants to blow him. Oh, wait, wait, no, that's, that didn't come out right. She wants to blow him away anyway. But he overtakes her and kicks her off camera somewhere and is free just long enough to get up and start punching and kicking and, hell, he even goes bane on one of those freaks and picks him up and breaks his backbone right over his knee. And then, just about the time that things don't look so good for these guys, here comes Henry. Because Henry the Red and his men ride in and save their one-time foes. Which you gotta assume that had Ash not helped him out before. This whole damned stronghold would be in rubble right about now. But as is, they all come together to protect the book. As Ash eyes bad Ash. And they start to fighting. And the swords are swinging, and we're having a damn good time. Right up until Ash tricks Bad Ash into accidentally landing on one of those catapults. And because of that, well, I gotta ask myself, why did that happen? Because... If they're both basically the same person, wouldn't Bad Ash, who is supposed to be evil as all hell, wouldn't he, knowing what he's capable of, kind of see that coming? But anyway, so Bad Ash gets tossed into the air, at least a good, oh, I, I'd say two or three hundred feet, if not more, maybe even closer to five. But he gets tossed up in there and gets blown to smithereens. When evil shows up, it blows up. And we're supposed to believe that because he's gone. And because this army's gone, all of a sudden, everything's fine. I mean, one guy gets blown up in a pretty little explosion that 
kind of takes the form of a cross, if you really look at it. And all of a sudden, everything's peachy. Groovy. I ought to break a broom handle off in your ass. What a pussy. I mean, she, Sheila is, is back to her normal self, and no longer evil. And Henry the Red and Arthur, well, because Henry's finally scratched Arthur's back, things are great there too. So the whole damn thing pretty much ends with just a great love fest. Right after, Ash gets told that the only way to get home is to go into this cave on the outskirts and say some holy words or secret words or whatever the hell. And, yeah, basically he says them. Or at least I think he does. Because before you know it, he falls asleep and wakes up hundreds of years later in his own time, or if you've seen the alternate ending to the movie, in a time that, well, let's just say that he overshot things just a smidge. But in the theatrical release, yeah, he gets back to his own time, and we cut to him at S-Mart, telling the director's brother all about it. And the director's brother is bored out of his fucking mind, so, so he decides to leave, and let Ash continue his mundane existence, right up until another deadite shows up. I swallow your soul! I swallow your soul! I swallow your soul! Swallow this. And Ash takes out this rotting heifer, kisses a female patron, and there we have it. Roll credits, end of movie. Groovy. So, as you see, there was really no reason to have this in the horror section because there, there was nothing scary about this whole fucking movie but roll, roll credits as I said fade to black and for a movie that was only released in just about 1300 or 1400 theaters throughout the whole United States uh, I, I guess it didn't do too bad, you know? Uh, I mean, especially considering that even now, the movie only holds about a 72% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is supposed to be reputable. But yeah. And if we hadn't had this last chapter to the original trilogy of Evil Dead movies. I, I gotta assume that had it not ended in this wonderfully comedic way, we, we wouldn't have 
Ash versus Evil Dead on Stars. Which, if you haven't seen that show, do yourself a favor. Because that shit's hilarious. But while you do that, to kill some time until the next episode, uh, do that and catch me on Twitter at the Fickle Fanboy RPM or on Instagram at, at the Fickle Fanboy Podcast or even on the Fickle Fanboy Facebook page. And let me know what you think of Ash vs. Evil Dead or even this movie. But go ahead and hit me up. But that that's all for me. That, that that's that's all I got. So until next time, and for now, remember, folks. This has been a Fat Moles Radio production. To hear more shows like this, go to SoundCloud.com/FatMolesRadio. And with that, I'll be seeing you. Shop smart, shop S smart. No, that's not it. Groovy. Not you two. What a pussy. Fuck you, noob.